Welcome everyone to the Bail Fuzz TV News Podcast. I am Peter and joining me as always is Connor. Still here. Sounds so thrilled and happy to be here. Like you're enthusiastic to hear about all this TV news. Yeah, yeah, I was, and then and then I saw your face, so Well, we got pilots, we got series renewals, we got shows in development. We got multiverses. Well, no, that's not quite true. But, you know. Because, because, you know, they keep wanting to do shared universes, so I'm like, you know. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. It's not a multiverse, though, is it? It's a multiverse of shared universes. Ooh, oh, you got me there. <laughs> if, they ever do the, if they ever do the Marvel and DC crossover movie, all of a sudden it's a multiverse of shared universes. <laughs> Just expands exponentially. Yes, then everything's included. We'll have the... The Frasier and Scooby Doo meets Superman and uh, Jack Skeleton crossover. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what, what TV show is it where that's like a because th- it's there's like a show exists within that show. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. all these other things. I'm sure I told you, but this is this is the yeah, uh, we spoke about this before. Yeah, I don't remember what show it was. It's from Saint Elsewhere. It's a show in the eighties. It was set at a hospital. Was it, yeah, and the show ended with like one of the main characters' kids. There was like a weird reveal at the end where the entire show took place in his head, right? It sort of revealed that the hospital was in a snow globe or something like that, but it basically messed things up because it that show crossed over with a few other things. It crossed over with Cheers, it crossed over with a few things, and it basically says, well, doesn't that mean that those shows are also in his head? And then over time, people have done the, the connective work, and there's been enough Easter eggs implying that certain things are in the same universe that you can keep going. <laughs> yeah, to a yeah. silly the, degree. The original stupid multiverse. Yes. Uh yeah. but I so there you go. Uh yes, so yeah, TV news, everyone, welcome, welcome. We'll get into things. We've got uh, all the usual sh- stuff to talk about. Um, is there anything to inform you about the channel? Not really. We had the finale of this uh Quantum Leap show uh, this past week. Uh it was alright. Last few episodes were better. It had been kind of rough for a while in the middle. It was almost like when they got an extension of like six episodes, they'd, they're like, well, we'll just do six filler episodes and then get back to what the, the end game was. Panicked. Yeah. That, that's the way it felt to me. I could be wrong, but that, that was the, the vibe I got. Uh, and we got the penultimate episode of Picard. Uh, that, that review just went up uh, yesterday. Uh, uh, they had a lot of nostalgia buttons. Get it, get it at this finale. Uh, so, for better and worse, uh, well, mostly That's better. Cool. Honestly, season three has got a lot of faults, but season one and two were absolute trash. That it feels like, like prestige TV in comparison. Uh, so hey, that's that's the trick. You set those expectations <laughs> right at the floor, and then you do the bare minimum, and all of a sudden you're gold. It it really was low expectations going in. Like they they couldn't have set the expectations lower after season two of Picard. It was awful. So, uh, pleasantly surprised in many ways. But anyway, uh, so we'll get into all the stuff going on. Uh, renewals and cancellations up first. We have some renewals here. Uh, these first two are also technically cancellations in that they're final season. But I feel like if it's renewed for a final season, it counts more as a renewal because it's still more, I say it's more good news than it is bad news. It's, you know, you're getting your final season. And it's getting an ending as yeah. opposed to a cancellation. So uh, first up, Star Wars The Bad Batch has been renewed for a third and final season on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that's cool. Um, 
Season two ended really strong. The last couple of episodes were, uh, like, I had like one little nitpick that they kind of. So just just real brief on on Bad Batch. Season two had two episodes kind of sprinkled in, uh, following Crosshair, and it really felt like there should have been a third, but there just wasn't one. But other than that, uh, no, uh, really good season. I have nothing to comment on. <laughs> well, Shocking. Move on to the next thing. A League of Their Own has been renewed for Amazon for a second and final season. And notably, this is only going to be four episodes long. So effectively, what they're doing is they're giving it like a little miniseries to wrap up, which is surprising after one season. You don't usually see that for a one season show. So I, I guess credit for giving them that. Yeah, usually if it's one season, it's uh, tough shit. You get one season. Yeah. We're not yeah. wasting money. You know, you have to go fight for a movie and maybe get it eventually. Yeah, maybe if you're lucky. Yeah, but that, that's obviously rare, few far between. So yeah, and then condense all your plans into a two-hour movie and hope it lands. Uh, well, that for Serenity. Yeah, yeah, hey. Oh, it was but a commercial there... success, obviously, but fans of the show loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So there you go. That's uh, that. So I mean, that's based on the movie, obviously. That's the uh, the 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 ladies' baseball team uh, during World War Two. I want to say, you know, all the men are off fighting, so yeah, they do a ladies' league instead. Uh, movie's all right for what it is. It's decent, decent enough time. Gina uh, Davis and a Madonna <laughs> as an actor uh, appearance. So. Uh, and obviously Tom Hanks is the grouchy yeah. coach. Uh, yeah, so uh, also renewed for season two at Sci-Fi is The Ark, uh, which, you know, fair enough. Um, I never yeah. saw the, like, the pilot of the first season or anything like that, so I, I don't really... remember hearing much about it. Yeah, but I, I, I'd, I've heard of it. I know it exists. So um, I think that's maybe just airing its finale soon. So this is like kind of a, hey, season's ending. Let's let everyone know it's getting a second season. That makes uh, sense. Uh, if you're Dick Wolf, do you know who Dick Wolf is off the top of your head? Yeah, he's the um, no, it's not CSI, but it's one of those, isn't it? He, he produces a lot of shows. You'll you'll, you'll better yeah. find out what a lot of them are. I'm about to tell you, but uh, six of his shows have been renewed for by NBC. Six yeah, of them. So a, lot, a lot of them are like cop shows, right? So I'll, I'm just going to list you what these are and what season they're on. Chicago Med has been renewed for season nine. Yeah. Chicago Fire has been renewed for season 12. Chicago is PD... the entire Chicagoverse? <laughs> Chicago PD has been renewed for season 11. Law and Order has been renewed for season 23. Law and Order, that's the one I was thinking uh, of. Law and Order SVU has been renewed for season 25. And Law and Order Organized Crime has been renewed for season 4. Only a 13-episode season in that case, but... He's oh. <laughs> raking it in, who cares? <laughs> Yeah, he's got six shows, but I think it's actually more impressive that he has six shows, but they're only spread over two, like, franchises. <laughs> like, he's got three shows in each franchise at the same time. And, and from what I can tell, all of them do good numbers, right? <laughs> yeah, for NBC standards, yeah, they're all doing well. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, keep it, keep it, you know, I, I just said season 23 and 25 for two of those. Like, that's... Yeah. I mean, honestly, what's more shocking to me, though, is the Chicago numbers, because I didn't realize they were up to 9, 11, and 12. I thought they were newer than that. I thought the the most recent one was newer. Unless Even that's a, on nine. Yeah, that's... unless there's another one that's been cancelled that was lower than that. 
Chicago law. I don't know if that's a thing. I'm just... It sounds yeah. plausible. If it's not, it will soon be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But um, it is interesting, though, that Law & Order did actually go away for a while, so SVU's get more seasons now. <laughs> but it came back, yeah. so now it's... In yeah. pursuit, if you will. Yeah, he'll get there. Uh, so, yeah, renewals. Uh, cancellations. Free Ridge was cancelled at Netflix after one season. And Amber Brown was cancelled at Apple after one season. Don't ask me what either of those shows are, because I have no idea. <laughs> I, say, I, I don't have a clue what either of those are. Yeah. So, um, we have trailers to talk about. Now, this most of these come from HBO Max, or another title, which we'll get to later, because a lot of news came from, from this, uh, this Do you week. want to do the eye roll, or shall I? Uh, save, it, save it for the general part, because oh, the general right, part's right. actually about the changes. Uh, but the trailers come first, uh, so we got trailers, we got shows in development, and all. We got a bunch of news just from Warner over their their TV stuff. So, but to make these announcements, they also came with like a bouquet of trailers to like, hey, here's stuff that's coming to the service, kind of thing. And some are more actual trailers than others. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one of them literally says "now in production" in the trailer, which is. Yep. A, a little bit weird, but at least there is enough clips on it to be a trailer as well. It's not like, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a, bit, I just like behind the scenes shots. Yeah, right? but but this is not just like, uh, you know, like when Gore Ragnarok gets announced that it's literally a logo and nothing else. It's not that bad. No, it's not. There's some finished footage in here, so <laughs> that's give credit. But anyway, uh, so first up is the Penguin, which is the connected to the Batman Matt Reeves movie. Uh, Colin Farrell back as the titular penguin. Looks like a crime show where he's a bit unhinged. Uh, if you like his character in the movie, I feel like this probably looks alright to you. I feel like it's probably the the logical thing to do with any version of the penguin, really. Is, is it the, yeah. you know, the, the, the gang mobster story? Absolutely. This, but I mean, you compare this to that, that really goofy one on Gotham, and this definitely feels a bit more... I wasn't the penguin. <laughs> that was <a> <laughs> this this feels like it's closer to say he's not got the accent obviously but it, it makes me think of the arkham version a bit more you know from the games yeah okay. the, the rough cool. one where his monocle is actually a broken glass bottle like lodged in his eye yeah, yeah. but i mean the trailer looks fine like it, it looks it looks visually a lot like the movie which i guess is good because that's kind of what you're going for yeah this is the in-production trailer um, yeah so there's not a lot. Like I said, there's a few shots in there, but there's not really a lot other than, hey, this is the kind of general tone and yeah. kind of what to expect. You do see a couple of the guests, well, not guest actors, but a couple of the people they've cast in the you know, You've got uh, from The Expanse, what's her name? Uh, oh, um, oh, I forget her name, but yeah, she's there. Uh, you got, uh, I guess, Michael Gambon from House of Cards. He's there. Is that his yes. name? No, that's Richard Kelly, I think his name is. Is I'm it Gambon? Oh, no, it's Gambon. It's something Gambon. Doesn't matter. The point is, there's some recognizable faces, none of whose names I can remember, but I know their faces. You see them, you go, ah, oh, yeah, you've yeah, seen them. you've seen them, yeah. so. Decent, decent cast. Uh, looks fine. This is not coming till 2024, which is why it's, you know, such an early trailer. Um... So not much to say on it. Uh, more interesting to me was a trailer for The Sympathizer, which is... Uh, it's got Robert Downey Jr. in it, which is notable. Obviously, he's a big star. But the bigger thing is the director and the person mm. sort of behind this, which is uh, Chanwick Park, who is 
a phenomenal director, director of Old Boy, The Handmaid, and numerous other things. Uh, I so that that gets me on board. Then why not? Yeah, me too. I thought this was this is really interesting because the the basic premise is it's a it's kind of a spy show, right? Yeah, it's a it's a Vietnamese man who is sent to be a mole in America. Uh, I think just after Vietnam, the Vietnam War, and yeah, uh, basically it seems like Robert Downey Jr. is going to recruit him to effectively be a double or triple agent or however you want to phrase it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because um, Park did a what was the name of the 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 spy show he did on the BBC like five or six years ago? Little Drummer Girl. Yeah, and that was very much dry British spy mm. show. This is very much more American-style spy show. I thought it was interesting. He's clearly a, a fan of the genre and wants to tackle mm. it in different ways. Now, obviously, he's uh, Korean. He's not Vietnamese. But I think it's interesting that this is dealing with an Asian character and how they're treated in America. Like, I feel like maybe there's some... There's probably yeah. some... Unfortunately, some strong similarities to, to, you know, someone else's experience over there that's not Vietnamese, but probably yeah, yeah. similar you know, stuff going to them. Absolutely. I mean, hell, it's the, even because there's a line in the trailer where the main character's been interviewed by so, or someone and they say something like, oh, we marched for you we, during we, the we war. We were on your side. And he's like, what side is that? He's like, Vietnam's like, yeah, but north or south? And I couldn't help but think that, you know, obviously Chamuk Park is from Korea, which also famously split into north and south, like quite literally. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I think there's probably some easy parallels that he, he might be connecting to as a as a filmmaker in the story but um and also it just looks pretty good yeah there's, there's a fun bit at the end where robert Downey jr i don't think he's playing multiple characters but i think he's in multiple disguises so they do a quick thing at the end where he's That's what my assumption was yeah, as well he's, he's in like different outfits and haircuts and stuff at the end so yeah it's uh it looks, looks good 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 uh, creative person behind that. I don't think he's directing every episode, but I think he's directing like the first three, and I, it's probably only eight episodes. So that's actually quite a significant portion. Yeah. So very good. Uh, we got a trailer as well for True Detective Night Country, starring Jodie Foster, set in Alaska. And I think the setting for this is good. I think the premise for this is good. I think the trailer felt a bit generic for my. Uh, I, taste. I felt. That. I remember when they kind of announced, "Hey, this is what we're doing," and it kind of sounded. Fun. It didn't look particularly fun. No, it's the sort of thing though where I could really see it just being the way the trailers cut. I, I'm not going to write it off, but the trailer did not fill me with much hype. It's I'm still. It's hard to get excited because the first season it was obviously it had great acting. Don't get me wrong, but it was the direction that kind of made it what it was. And I'm not seeing any spark of like that really strong no. direction in this trailer. It looks very typical, and I think the thing from the trailer that I really took away from is that I, like, there seems to be a conflict between Jodie Foster and her younger partner for this case, and every time they were sort of, like, sniping lines at each other or bickering and saying, oh, when this is done, we're, you know, we're done with each other, I just sort of went, I don't, this does not feel like it's going to be fun to sit listening to them argue. I don't know, I just, it didn't feel appealing to me, was that conflict, but... Uh, again, could just be the trailer, not you know, it's, it's cut generic style to try and sell it to people. Wouldn't be the first time, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that. Uh, there's a trailer for Gremlins: The Secrets of the Mogwai, which uh, notably has a date now of May twenty third as well, so that's coming quite soon. Uh, it's an animated series, uh, and you know, Gremlins reboot, if you want to call it that. Uh, 
this this is a weird one for me because it's I I love Gremlins and Gremlins too. I think they're great. Uh, this feels like this animated show is taking it in a direction that's not really for me. Uh, but I see how it fits in this style. I see how this I see how you can take Gremlins and turn it into a cartoon for kids, and that's kind of what this is more or less doing. Yeah, I don't have particularly strong, yeah, you know, attachment to Gremlins. No, I dislike them. I just, you know, mm. don't have like, you know, a really you know, strong attachment to it. I thought this looked fun enough for what it is. Uh, it felt like, like say, yeah, okay, this this kind of does work, but this didn't have to be Gremlins. This could have been basically anything. It could have been, yeah. Of, you know, they're like, hey, we we've got the rights to Gremlins. Let's use it. Yeah, I mean, this is them trying to take the franchise in some sort of new direction that, like, you know, they, they, they tried to do a third movie for decades, basically, and it just never happened. So this is them doing something different. And that's, like, I don't really mind if Gremlins changes and becomes something else. I don't really need more of it. So the two movies that exist are more than I ever really need for Gremlins. But at the same time, it's, I'm, I'm looking at this and going, yeah, like, you know, that's, if the aim for this is to try and hit nostalgia buttons for people who like the movies, I, it doesn't seem like it's trying to do that at all. It feels like it's trying to use Gremlins and turn it into something that kids are going to grow up watching. But I get it. I can, I can, I can even see, like, in the 80s, the Saturday morning cartoon that, like, Gremlins could be if you if you did it that way. Yeah. Honestly, I think this looks pretty fun for, for what it is. Um. Like I said, they, they, they're using Gremlins just because they can. And I kind of think I prefer that to it just being, hey, look at this. You you remember you remember Gremlins from when you were kids. As a, and instead they're just kind of aiming it more towards, you know, probably new kids and hey, if, if they just you know, go, hey, well, we'll, we'll, we'll go watch the movie. Gremlins was never supposed to be a kid's thing. That first movie's actually dark. I think it's R-Raid. Well, it's at least PG-13 anyway. Um I was say, can't be R-Raid, surely. It's, it's pretty grim. Uh, and certainly kids probably shouldn't watch it just for the Santa Claus story that comes up uh, <laughs> early on. But Because uh, the first one is basically a horror movie. Like, it is a horror film. Whereas yeah. Gremlins 2 turns it into more just comedy satire. But it's very good at what it does, uh, even mm. if it's different. Uh, so that is Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai coming May 23rd. And then our one sort of non-Warner trailer was The Continental. So this is the... Only three part. I didn't realize it was only going to be three episodes long, but they're doing a three episode. Yeah, we did speak about that at some point. Yeah, we probably did, but I, I forgot. Uh, so mm. the Continental, of course, is from John Wick. This is a John Wick uh, spinoff. It's set in the 1970s. So obviously before, I mean, maybe there'll be a young Winston because obviously he's an old dude. So it, there can be a young Winston. But it looks like it's really trying to use its time period. The, the song choice, obviously everyone's got the outfits. Uh, Very stylish. There's glimpses of action. The real question is, though, is because John Wick is known for its action, and having just seen John Wick Chapter 4 a, a few weeks ago, this show has got a lot of pressure on it, because if it's going to succeed as part of the John Wick franchise, there's one thing it has to have, and that is good, inventive, and exciting action. It's the one thing it needs. It can have different characters, it can have different everything else. What it needs is the action. So... I'm hopeful. I think, you know, we it being a three-part series probably helps because mm-hmm. it, it means that it's it's essentially just a slightly long movie, right? The split yeah. up. I hope, hopefully they do structure it for TV and it doesn't just feel like one long thing just cut up over three weeks or three nights, however they're airing it. Um, But I, I imagine, yeah, that kind of gives them probably more budget to kind of focus on 
here's a handful of really strong inventive action sequences, you know, probably one per episode, as opposed to, oh, we need to have action for 12 episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks, it looks honestly, it had more stale. I, I, I was kind of half expecting this to look bad for some reason, just because it's, ah, it's a quick peacock, like, spin-off cash in. It this looks- is been in the works since yeah. before Peacock existed. I'm pretty sure it, that's that's probably true, but it, it definitely looks better than I thought it was going to. And maybe that was just me being cynical, but I don't know for whatever reason I was expecting this to look kind of rough. But it looks all right uh, so yeah. far. Uh, so there you go. That was the the trailers uh, that we got. Uh, this is coming September. That last one is. So yeah. Uh, so I have some general stuff. So yeah, well, we're kind of hinting that there with all those HBO trailers is that we spoke, we probably mentioned it briefly at some point a few weeks ago, that Zaslav seemed to think that the HBO part of HBO Max was putting people off. Like, people were turned off by HBO, when it is probably one of the best associated brands with quality when it comes to entertainment worldwide. Pretty much all of entertainment, yeah, because honestly, it's probably that and... Put your personal taste aside, Disney. Disney animated films. I would have said A24 was, was the next thing I would have maybe okay. thrown in. Oh, that also yeah. is, is up but there. Yeah. Here's what's impressive about HBO. HBO was a known acronym all over the world when it wasn't available in most of the world. Just having that logo at the start of some of their big shows still made it translate, even though HBO as a channel itself did not exist in the UK. It didn't exist in several places. Everyone knows that that sound yeah. at the start. It still became a thing. It still became a household entity. So HBO Max, uh, like honestly, the, the, the Max part was like, the like honestly, just call it HBO. Just this is, this is the new HBO is the service. Just call it that. There was, a, there was always a feeling they called it Max because well, everyone else was using Plus and they yeah. didn't want to use Plus as well. Yeah, true. Uh, plus, max is maximum, so it's better than plus. Well, but is it better than plus plus? Uh, which is, and someone, you know, like Paramount says, well, we're going to change ours to Paramount Infinite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, they're changing the name, and all they've done is drop the the HBO. It's just called Max now. Uh, apparently, they just they debated over a few different titles. They were considering just calling it WB at one point, which I think that would have been fine. I think that would have worked, because WB is pretty well known as a an entity as well. Yeah, I don't think it has the the respect that HBO no. probably does, right? It doesn't have the it's a pretty it, icon- it, it's, it's a broader service, though. I think it's a more iconic logo. See, if you have the WB in that shield, that would probably mm-hmm. look quite good as a, a marketing image. That logo is very you know, yeah. iconic, like you say. And then, like... It's a broader market than HBO is because I think, as much as HBO has a great reputation, it has a great reputation for a very specific style of thing, right? That, that yeah, that's true. Mostly that prestigious drama. I'm wondering, maybe you know, maybe they're worried. Ah, oh, you know, what about all the, the other things that we kind of want to have on this service that maybe the association with HBO puts them off? So I can see why why you'd maybe go with WB instead, but. Just Max. I mean, I, I work with a dude named Max. He's a moron. That, that's all I'm ever going to think of at this show now. Not this show, this, this service. Oh dear. 
so they're also changing their pricing structure, and this is this is uh, this is a little bit of a rile up because there's now three tiers, right? They've got their ad tier, which is ten dollars a month, right? Nine ninety nine specifically. They've got ad light, which is fifteen ninety nine a month, which I think is basically just no ads. The one key difference, though, uh, between that and the the highest tier, which is nineteen ninety nine a month, which is called uh, ultimate ad free. <laughs> Uh, is that that's the only one that has 4K now, which is particularly shitty because 4K was just included in general before. So now 4K is tied to the highest tier. So this is something we can thank Netflix for, you pricks. Uh, how dare you? It is, I have um, seen people online talk about how there wasn't actually a lot of 4K content on HBO Max. There wasn't much, no. But now... Uh, I, I, I do wonder if this means they'll actually put more up in it. You that, you bloody know, well yeah. hope so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they're going to charge extra for it, I mean, maybe that's yeah. the one uh, upside to it is that they'll actually put effort into making sure most of the content is 4K now. But it's, uh, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because I think most services now do charge extra for 4K. Not all of them, but most. Um, but it's it's the is adding it, uh, of it on. Is it really most? It, like what, oh, what other what other streaming services are on Netflix and now Max do it really because Disney don't Paramount don't well in the UK you got Now TV still charging you extra for 1080p well yeah don't, don't let's not include Sky <laughs> okay they're pricks they, <laughs> they, they are not, yeah. not only do they charge extra for 1080p they run their stuff at 50 hertz so the frame rates off they're, yeah like yeah. they're, they're it's, awful it's awful it, you know they, they are sorry I think in my head I'm kind of just chucking that in with things that you know you have to pay extra for and then yes. also uh things like again uh, you know a- amazon music you have to pay extra for the high-res audio oh sure sure but so, like uh, yeah i think it's uh, for all the services though that are worldwide i think it is just netflix and now max that do it now it may change now because amazon charge you for 4k amazon don't um disney don't no paramount Paramount don't, I don't think. No, they've only got. So. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it Yeah, it's pretty shit. Like, it's the sort of thing where we should just be trying to push for that to be the standard and they're trying to treat it like it's a premium thing. And at a certain point, like that's just kind of scummy, but it's I get it, it costs them more, like, you know, to to have that bandwidth. Yeah. But I mean, most streaming services bit rates are already too low anyway, so the whole thing just reeks of uh, yeah shit to me. Uh, so hey, actually, slight tangent to this, I really wish services wouldn't hold content hostage on their streaming service. Uh, and what I mean by that is that if you've got a TV show or a movie, release it for purchase as well. Oh okay, yeah, like Netflix are like specifically, I know are really hit and miss. You get the, the, some things that they do and yeah, some things that they just don't. There's not a lot I would like to buy on iTunes from these services, but there's three things that spring to mind. I would like to buy Prey, but you can. It's only on Hulu or Disney Plus, depending on where you are. I'd like to buy Vasta Night, but it's only on Amazon Prime. You can't, and that which is annoying in that case because they've released other movies on iTunes. And uh, I would love to buy Stranger Things on iTunes. I would, but they they're not giving me the option, so. F them. Yeah, Stranger Things is a particularly odd one, given that Netflix has released things. Uh, well, they, they started. I don't think they kept going. I think they did the first two seasons on Blu-ray, and then I think it, I think it yeah. up after that. And and that's now I get why they don't always want to release someone on Blu-ray, for example. 
especially if it's a streaming show, they're like, well, the audience isn't there for it. There's yeah. not enough demand, but I've already got the files, the digital file. How Just, much work can it be to put them on a digital It's software? so frustrating because I want to watch them with the better bit rate because iTunes is a better bit rate than watching on Netflix. Netflix, I want to pay you more money for the content individually to access it in higher quality. I'm offering you this. Give it yeah, to but, me. But they're scared that if you pay 40 quid to buy you know, some Stranger Things outright, you'll never give them their £7 a month ever again. <laughs> that's, that's what they're terrified of. But they, they could just make new content that's worth trying. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just but... a thought, you know, just, just a wild thought. I, I'm just saying, let me buy each season for like 20 a season. I'll do it in 4K. I'll happily do it on iTunes, please. It's a very on. reasonable price for a, for a 4K season of TV. I think that's fair. Yeah, I don't think that's... I mean, keep in mind, they're only eight or nine episodes each, so that's not... Go wild yeah, I'm here. aware. I'm just... Uh, I'm thinking in my head, I'm pretty sure things like the uh, Game of Thrones seasons cost more than that. I but digital's cheaper. Yeah, I mean, even on there, they're not cost more than that. I mean, I'm buying 4K movies left and right for, for peanuts. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> I, I I got myself uh, a bunch of classic Warner films. Speaking of Warner, uh, switched to 4K this past couple of weeks. I, I got myself Cool Hand Luke, Maltese Falcon, and uh, uh, what was the other one? Casablanca? No, that was already 4K. Yeah, what was the other one? I can say that was on sale. It was on sale. I got, I got like four Warner Brothers movies on sale, all in 4K. Uh, I recommend it, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I meant to pick some up, and then I forgot, and I'm assuming they're just not on sale anymore. Uh, I don't think they are. The complete Rocky box set's on sale, if you fancied that. Eh, I don't need it right now. And, you know, but maybe. Oh. Yeah. The complete Nightmare on Elm Street sale's on sale as well, but it's, even at 30 for, like, all nines a bit, you know, it's a bit pricier than a sale item that I would like to, especially since I'd have to own the remake. Hmm. <laughs> That's that's like that's like adding on cost to me, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. So, yeah, especially when I got all the Friday. Well, not all, but I got the first eight Friday the Thirteenth last year for thirteen dollars. That's a steal. That's great, and they weren't in four K yet. But the first one has since switched to four K. So, the matter of time. I mean, even even not in four K, that's yeah. still a steal. Oh, that's good. It's great. Uh. Uh, it was, they're on sale for one day on Friday the 13th for $13. Obviously, you can see what they're doing there. But I, We just had a Friday the 14th. <laughs> I snapped them up. Uh, all right, anyway, moving on. That was, a, that, was your, that was my iTunes rant out of the way. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, uh, so just a bit of casting then for us. This, this also came out of all the Mac stuff, is we got uh, the voice cast for Creature Commandos, which has been written entirely by James Gunn. <laughs> he's, he's writing so much these days. Uh, but Frank Grillo, David Harbour, Maria Bakalova, uh, uh, Indira Varma, uh, Zoe Chow, Alan Tudyk, Sean Gunn, and Steve uh, Aggie. Or A-G? I don't know how to say his last name. A-G-double-E. I don't know. Pick your pick. Aggie. Just pick one and stick to it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're going to be playing... Uh, so Sean Gunn's going to be Weasel, Grillo's going to be Rick Flagg Sr., uh, Bakalava is going to be Princess uh, Alana Rostovich. Uh, Varma is the bride. Chow is Nina 
Mazursky, Tudyk is Dr. Phosphorus, I like the sound of that, uh, Harbour is Eric Frankenstein, <laughs> and Agui is John uh, Economos. So, there's your creature commanders. Sounding like it's shaping up nicely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't have much to add. Uh, so, uh, the, the new comedies then for the week. Uh, so, again, more more HBO Max uh, stuff here. Not a lot of details on this one, but it's worth mentioning is that they have announced that a Big Bang Theory universe show is in development with creator Chuck Lore. Um, he's developing a new series set in the universe. Uh, it comes from Warner Brothers. There's no details yet of what characters will be in it or what it'll be, but they're basically promising as part of their... I mean, this is more to the shareholders than anything else. We're going to have a new Big Bang Theory, you know, on our service. Uh, funny Science Men sells. Apparently. Somehow. Apparently. Um, so, not much to say about that. Uh, obviously, we don't care. <laughs> um, Amazon has landed uh, Sharps for development. It's a half-hour comedy from writer Flint Waynes, uh and John Hamburg. Uh, and, of course, Aaron Kaplan's Capital Entertainment. Uh, written and executive by Waynes, Sharps revolves around a 30-year-old Tyler Flynn, an ace guy with a normal job, a great girlfriend... That was kind of professional and personal. Uh, and a secret that's eaten away at him. Uh, he's one of the millions of Americans addicted to sports gambling. <laughs> what? After hitting rock bottom and struggling to tell his loved ones about what he's done, he finds a way to win back everything and more when he's recruited into a sports gambling syndicate run by Buddy Casper, an eccentric, possibly psychopathic professional sports gambler, a.k.a. Sharp. Shit uncut gems. <laughs> Two. I I always find this so weird as a the the, the American point of view on gambling. Uh, like I get in sports like that's so normal and everyday here. Like there was there was like, like literally uh, it was horse races uh, the Grand National today I think. Just, you know, just you know, people are like, oh, you, you put anything on the horses? You know, it's just, it's just casual. Like, everyone does it. Well, yeah, but you can still have a gambling. That, that, you can, but the way that, the, oh, it's, it's the sports gambling addiction. It's like, it's so, like, <laughs> taboo. <laughs> like, it, it's not just, like, this thing that everyone does. Yeah, well, I think part of the problem is, though, is that if you get into it when it's not legal, like it is, isn't in a lot of the US. Yeah, is that which is bizarre. Well, yeah, but that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is, is that when it's not legal, you're going to shady characters and things like, like that to do it. Yeah, yeah. The point I'm making is, is that because it's legal in the UK and you have to go to a licensed betting place to actually make your bets, there's more like protections and you can still gamble away all your money, sure, but like you won't have like hitmen after you. <laughs> you know, you watch me. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's just it's just so funny that that is the it always is funny to me anyway that that is what happens in America. Or like that's the the perception of it. Like, like it's such this this big thing. Like I don't know. I mean, I, you know, if, if we're solving America's problem, I think they should get some uh, free healthcare first before they start worrying about legalizing sports gambling. It's the, uh, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not well, a need to have, is what I'm saying. It's, it's at least third on the list. Uh, th- <laughs> um, I don't know. Some proper chocolate, I think, is more important. Oh no, no, no! Like, like before, because I, I, I don't care about that right now. 
Yeah, because you're lactose intolerant, you can't eat any yeah, proper yeah, chocolate. Exactly. <laughs> but I can gamble on sports. <laughs> gamble on all your chocolate money. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I had some animated stuff. Speaking of Stranger Things earlier, uh, Netflix are developing a Stranger Things animated series. It's been greenlit. Uh, with Flying Bart Productions and executive producer Eric Robles developing. Uh, it's unknown, uh, you know, what the show will be exactly. I mean, obviously, you can maybe just guess an animated... I don't know what it is exactly. It's, please, God, don't let us run out of Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, but you can see how it would work as, a, like, a kid's cartoon, though, right? You can totally... Can, yes. Yeah. So, there's just a quote here from uh, the Duffer Brothers... Uh, We've always dreamed of an animated Stranger Things in the vein of a Saturday morning cartoon that we grew up loving. And uh, to see this as a dream realized, it's been absolutely thrilling. Uh, we couldn't be more blown away by what Eric Robles and his team have come up with. The scripts and the artwork are incredible, and we can't wait to share more with you. The adventure continues. So, you know, I mean, I would hope this is not the characters from the show and it's kind of like an original set of kids in their own little world, but... You would hope. But there is a part of me that's like, this is how they're getting around the kids getting too old, is just stick them in an animated show. I mean, cynically, this could be all the kids voicing the character, like the same characters forever, but I yeah. don't think that's what they're doing with this. It doesn't sound like it anyway, but, you know. I think there'll be at least one of them in it. Because I, I, I think their stories are all going to be wrapping up for season five, so... Uh, I suppose you could do it in a way where it's still not the same universe. It's like, it's okay, they're playing all their parts, but they're sort of, they're going to be 12 forever in this version. They're never going to, like, age. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the, the Simpsons, Bart and Lisa are still the same age, basically. Yeah, even if they have a birthday every so often in an yeah. episode. But it won't be canon with the main show then, because it'll just be this alternate yeah. reality with another age. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then next up, also animated, Nicki Minaj is going to executive produce and star in Lady Danger, a new animated series from Amazon Freebie based on the Dark Horse comic book series of the same name, written by Alex D. Campy. Uh, so, alongside Minaj, producers include 50 Cent and his G-Unit film and TV company. Um, so, the series, set in the year 2075, follows a government field agent who is left for dead by her team after discovering a dangerous secret, only to be resurrected as Lady Danger, an Afrofuturistic ass-kicking agent of BOOT, that's an acronym, a Bureau of Organized Terrorism Intervention. Oh, Booty, sorry, not just BOOT. BOOT is an I at the end, sorry. Booty. Okay, of course it is. Yeah. Yes, which doesn't actually makes it funnier, to be honest, a little less funny. Uh, who must conceal her true identity while she fights villains who are destroying the earth and its valuable, or sorry, its valuable, its vulnerable inhabitants. It's valuable inhabitants. Hey, they could be valuable. They could be, but not necessarily. Uh, all right, there you go. That's yeah, the anime, I've read, so. I haven't read this. I've read some of Alex DeCampi's work and pretty good, some of it, you know. Um, I haven't loved all of it, but definitely some of it I've, I've really enjoyed. So I'm open to this. I don't care. Okay. Um, so, out of the dramas then, uh, first up is just a kind of an update, really, to something that was brought up last week, but it's official now. Uh, they have ordered, uh, or they've greenlit the Harry Potter TV show. They've got JK Rowling on board, and they're calling it a decade long new adaptation of the books. A new adaptation using the same Hogwarts set, the same logo, the same theme song. 
Is it the same set? I don't... Uh, well, in the design of the castle that they showed was the okay. same silhouette. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I saw the logo and it did. It, well, it's a different color. I think it was gold now instead of silver. Oh, oh I'm so sorry they changed <laughs> the color. If it's the exact same font, yes. Yeah, and and they used the the John Williams theme because, I mean, we spoke about this last week. It's it's an iconic theme. It, it is. But it makes this feel more redundant because they're too afraid to break away from this. Yep. I don't have anything to add. I don't care about Harry Potter. So, yeah, go milk that cash cow, I suppose. Yep. Happy days. And they will. Yeah. Uh, also, sticking with uh, HBO here and Max, uh, so they announced that they have officially ordered to series. A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, The Hedge Knight, which is another spin-off of Game of Thrones based on George R. R. Martin's Dunkin' Egg fantasy novellas. So this is something that's actually based on some of his work. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that title's a bit... Why, why not just A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms? Why did they have to do the subtitle? I'd have just called it A Hedge Knight. Oh, The Hedge... Yeah. Well, we'll have to do... We'll have to more anthology style where the, the second season's like a different knight. No? I mean, they could, but the hedge side's kind of like the big. Okay, one. fair enough. No, I, I don't know any. Of that. I I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just going based yeah. on the name. Uh, so the Game of Thrones prequel series is written and executive produced by Martin and Ira Parker. Uh, House of the Dragon co-creator, executive producer, showrunner Ryan Condell and Vince uh, Gerardis will also executive produce. This is the synopsis. Uh, a century before the events of Game of Thrones, two unlikely heroes wandered Westeros. A young, naive but courageous knight. Sir Duncan the Tall and his diminutive squire Egg, set in an age where the uh, Targaryen. How you say that name? Targaryen. Targaryen. There you go. <laughs> Line... you, watched, you watched at least a season of Game of Thrones. You should know that. I remember nothing except one beheading. Uh, On a bit incest. A bit incest. <laughs> obviously. Uh, the Targaryen line still holds the Iron Throne, and the memory of the last dragon has not yet passed from living memory. Great destinies, powerful foes, and dangerous exploits all await these improbable and incomparable friends. Uh, known as Duncan Egg, the drama was one of several prequels in development at HBO. So this is the second one, Greenlit. Obviously, House of the Dragons had its successful first season. I know you were into it, but the, the general buzz seems to be Game of Thrones is back and it's better than that awful last season. That, that's the vibe I get from the general internet. I, I would say it's a low bar. Um, that's fair. But probably true i i think i i i probably dislike the last season of game of thrones more than i dislike the first season of house of the dragon even though i finished game of thrones and didn't finish house of the dragon it's more just it's really easy to dip out of a new show four or five episodes in mm-hmm. than it is to well you're like three episodes from the end of, of a seven season show you well, might as well wait they're it basically turning it into star wars where if you're hardcore into game of thrones you're going to love that there's so much of it but if you're if you were, if you're not that passionate about more Game of Thrones, then you're going to be dipping out and not getting into this extended universe stuff. Yeah, that's true. Because now this is the third show they're just going to have. Very briefly, I remembered some Star Wars news that you didn't mention in the casting. Okay. Um, I'm completely blanking the actor's name, but Amos from Expanse. Sure. Yes, I think I saw this actually. Yes, Amos. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he, he was West, cast in West Chatham or what his name is. Yes, he was cast in. I. Th- I think it was Ahsoka, which, I, and by cast, I mean they announced he was cast, because obviously that's like a well-finished shooting at this point, uh, as uh, one of uh, Thrawn's right-hand men. 
which is kind of cool. Okay, uh, we'll move on. Uh, yeah. So, relatively big bouquet of things from MGF sla- MGM slash Amazon. Um, not a lot for each of them, but kind of like, you know, they bought the MGM library at Amazon, right? And obviously, they've already talked about wanting to do the Creedverse on Amazon Prime and their oh, what, whatnot. Now. But now they're they're mining MGM's library for other things. And what else do they have? <laughs> Well, you're about to hear about a lot of them. Uh, so they're developing a lot of these as both TV and movie projects, not necessarily related to each other, but the idea that they're doing one of each. Uh, and then there's a couple of things that are just movies that I'll mention at the end, just to be complete <laughs> more than anything else. Uh, so yeah, so each title has been approached. They've been making the studio the, the library for developing projects. Um, some have been steered towards films, some towards TV, and a lot of the big ones are getting both. Potentially, they may not actually end up greenlighting everything, but they're developing all these things. So, um, they're in early conversations on Legally Blonde, both for a movie and a potential TV show. Um, there's been on and off attempts at a third movie for a long time. Uh, like, like sure, another movie. I'm not. I'm not gonna say. Oh, we're all waiting for it, but. That wouldn't be that surprising, right? No, but a TV show as well. Yeah, well, it's the sort of thing though. They'll maybe decide which one they looks more, looks looks more promising, and only green yeah. light the one. So it may, it may not be a case of getting both. And that that goes for all of these, I think. Uh, Stargate is next up. Uh, they're working on both film and TV installments are being considered. Uh, but it okay, says that makes sense. it does say here though the movie's likely going to be first. So. That's reasonable. It's got a history of having both anyway. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, probably the biggest thing I think they have, other than Rocky, MGM, and its library, is Robocop. Uh, uh, they're talking about both film and TV for this, but it specifically mentions here that the TV show is probably first out of the options here, which is interesting. It's not the first time Robocop's had a TV show. It had a one-season TV show back in the uh, early to mid-90s. Uh, so... Did Robocop have the animated one? I, mean, I don't know if I, I think there may have been an but there was a live action TV show for one season. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there was a an animated Robocop cartoon. Like right like, as Robocop was kind of new. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I ever saw it, but this sounds reasonable enough. Uh so yeah, I mean I don't have like I love Robocop. The first movie's excellent. Right, and I even quite enjoy the second movie. So the remake was pretty rough. Uh, so I'd be curious to see, especially in this era now, where we're more about nostalgia. Like, are they going to try and like make it look like the original RoboCop again? Are they going to try and have it have that aesthetic, uh, or are they going to try and do a reimagining? Like, I'm curious what their tactics going to be with that. I think, on a personal level, this is one of the f- properties I'd be more interested in seeing them do it as a TV show. Sure. I think, like you say, you know, that, you know, they've already got, you know, one great movie. Yeah, at, at, at least, you know, most people will agree on that. And then, like, okay, you, they tried the remake. You know, the, who knew what they were aiming for there? You could, you could do a, a nostalgia movie and it'll kind of just hit those same sort of beats, but I'm hoping that the nostalgia movie kind of trend wave is kind of starting to die down now, so maybe they won't <laughs> go with that you hope <laughs> hope yeah which means that hey let's do a tv show flesh things out do it a little you know 
Spider World stuff in it. Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing about Robocop is that it's supposed to have a, a good, healthy dose of satire, right? That's like a big part of its DNA. And I guess the, the slight worry is that any like attempt at Robocop, and I think the remake was guilty of this, where the satire was just gone. Like, and it was just sort of... And I, I'm not I saying think... you you can't tell a good Robocop story that's played straight, and it is just like, oh, the heroic, you know, half-man, half-cyborg kind of guy saves the day. That can still be good. It can still work. But for it to be Robocop... Right, yeah. hear me out. Yeah. They double bill it with the boys. <laughs> okay, I can see it. I yeah. can see it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, 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 t- they take that sort of approach to it. Yeah, Eric Kripke on it. Aye. Just like when he's done with the boys, give him Robocop. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Uh, do a cross or have Robocop versus <laughs> Homelander. I'm there for it. <laughs> he just walks in, dead or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> Perfect. <Deep> vision. <laughs> yeah, uh, so they're also developing TV shows for fame. You know okay. fame? Yeah. I want to live forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Barbershop, which is the, the comedy series with uh, a yeah. bunch of people in it. <laughs> I can't remember. I've never seen Barbershop, I don't even want to guess, but... There's like no, three of them, I think. With it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it's Ice Cube that's in it. I could be wrong, though. Possibly? Could be him, yeah. So, 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 I don't know. Anyway, that and then Magnific- Magnific- uh, The Magnificent Seven is also oh, developed yeah, as a TV we, show. We need another version. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so those are all TV shows in development. Not a lot to go on for any of them, but I mean, if you're familiar with the movies they're based on, then you'll understand. The question is, is that how many of these are going to be reboots? How many of them are going to be set in the same universe? So they're going to act like kind of a sequel to the original things? Like, I don't knows? know. Like, something like Magnificent Seven will just be another reboot, right? It'll Probably, just be, yeah. It'll just be a TV version of... And, and I say of the movie, but like of, of just that story at this point. Yeah. Uh, and let's be honest, what it really is is Seven Samurai. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is the best adaptation of Seven Samurai. Obviously, that's still the best one. But the best adaptation is still Bugs Life. I didn't think Magnificent Seven was that good, so I'm not even going to argue that. But I do wonder yeah. if there's like a TV episode somewhere that I think is better than a Bugs Life. There might be, but I'd have to think about it. Possible. There's, there's, there's some anime that, that are based on it as well, but obviously that's not to your taste. Yeah, I'm not going to pick that. Uh, and just on top of that, they're also developing movies potentially for the Thomas Crown Affair and maybe an animated Pink Panther movie. So, lots lots mm. in the works. They've, they've got this MGM library and they want to mine it Built for it. IP. Yeah. 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 Hey, they they bought it for a reason. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, that's what they're going to do. There you go. Uh, back to some Max-related news, actually. Uh... One of the things they're developing now, because they have to milk everything they have, is a TV show set in the Conjuring universe. Why? <laughs> because oh, all wait, the... you just told me to milk everything they yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. Because all the movies aren't enough. Uh, Peter Safran is developing the drama series based on Alien Cinema's film franchise with Warner Brothers Television. Um, it'll be continuing the story established in the future films. Uh. Yeah, James Wan, who directed the first two movies, is in talks to executive produce, which doesn't really mean much. But It means he'll give his stamp of approval and go, yeah, sure, do what you want. And he'll be paid for it, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how that works. 
I mean, the Conjuring universe to me is already kind of a big dud because, like, the first movie's good, the second movie I think is a bit better, third movie's not that good. But honestly, the spin-offs, by and large, like, there's one that's kind of okay, but the most of them just kind of suck. I, I haven't watched any of the spin-offs. I've just watched the main ones. Yeah, I, I think w- two is easily the best. I, like, like one's still really good. I, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, one's a good. Two's great. <laughs> Three's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't watch any of the spin-offs at all because I just none of them looked very appealing and no 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 one has ever convinced me otherwise no no i wouldn't recommend any of them so that is yeah conjuring tv show again a lot of this stuff from max and like the mgm stuff were all pretty like you know that was all just like here's a title we're developing it there wasn't much in the way of synopsis but please be excited (laughs) please be excited again probably more for shareholders to ensure then that there's like bankable content coming yeah uh speaking of things coming back though there's another remake or reboot in the works and that is baywatch is again well the last time was a movie to be fair this is a tv show again yeah uh yeah fermental has been developing a reboot of the classic beach drama series and has got early talks with a number of broadcasters and streamers uh yes uh so baywatch at its peak was like the most successful TV show while it was airing, which it wasn't yeah. its whole time because it lasted like eleven years, um, and infamously has a spinoff called Baywatch Nights where David Hasselhoff f- like investigates supernatural and paranormal shit, even though the main Baywatch show never had anything like that. <laughs> yeah, but you you don't question the Hoff. <laughs> it's just funny to me. It's like because you, know, you have Buffy and Angel, right? You have the head television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Then you have Angel. It's like that, but say, like, your first show is, like, a legal drama, and then one character goes off to the side, and all of a sudden they're fighting vampires. That's, that's, Sorry, that's, did, this is the equivalent of that. Did, did you not know that Wolfram and Hart came from Law and Order SVU? Dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just... That's the funniest thing you could have done right then. <laughs> I've never even seen an episode of it. I just know that noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone does. I'm assuming it's in all the Law and Orders, not just the original one. Probably. Uh, I mean, they'd be fools not to. Yeah, they'd be fools. Um, so yes, Baywatch is possibly coming back. Uh, it's about a bunch of lifeguards patrolling the beaches in California. There you go. Yeah. They <laughs> save the day and they look good while they do it. Yes, and they get into lots of hijinks and whatnot. Uh, yeah. So, yes, um, I've never really watched Baywatch. It seems like it's sort of trashy TV that might be fun to, like, make fun of and faff around with. I, I can see the appeal, yeah. yeah. You know, it's got that kind of dumb 90s kind of sensibility to plot lines and, like, you know, they have serious episodes where a character will get cancer and they have to talk seriously about the subject and all the rest of it. Uh, I have seen a lot of clips from the episode that has Hulk Hogan in it. Of course you have. Where he has to do a wrestling match with with Ric Flair to save like the youth center or something like that, so they decide to settle in a wrestling ring. But it's really weird because it's like treating wrestling like a real thing in the show. This is peak nineties TV. Yeah, that, you know, so to use wrestling terms, it's treating wrestling like a shoot, but it's not. It's a work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> to put that yeah, to put those yeah. terms in context for you, Connor, um, a work shark would be a fake shark. A shoot shark is a real shark. 
Thank you. Thank you for the shark-related context. That made it really much better. <laughs> well, I can't wait for you to say loan shark as well. As <laughs> my brain's broken. <laughs> well, I'm just imagining a scene where you're doing like a, a swimming scene and there's a shark, right? For danger, right? Because the, the scene's about someone getting chased down by a shark, right? Yeah. yeah. You say, is it a real, is it a, a shoot shark or a work shark? And, you know, work means it's a fake, so it's like an animatronic or something like that. And I shoot a shark means it's a real shark. Okay, just just for some some background, my brain kind of broke for a second then because as I was walking <laughs> home, so I don't use TikTok. I'm, I don't. I can't wait to hear how a shark factors into you walking home. But go on. right. Okay. Well, so some of my you know my friends at work, you know, you, you know, they're on TikTok because that's what people do. And every so often, you know, they'll, they'll on the walk home, oh, they'll, they'll scroll through and just show, oh, these are some of the funny ones that I've seen recently, you know, because they know I don't have it, so they'll show me some of the ones that I might feel. For some reason, his TikTok algorithm is full of sharks. And I was like, why are there so many sharks? And he's like, I don't know. And then, and then you start talking about sharks now, and like, I get it, the context here is Baywatch, but my brain just <laughs> had a moment where I'm like, what, what's going on? Why are there so many sharks tonight? <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. Well, that's me. Uh, anyway, let's move on, shall we? Please. Um, Sherlock producer Hatswood Films has won the rights to adapt Cold War magic thriller The Warlock Effect into a TV show. I mean, the debut novel about a magician who flees Nazi Germany and is lured into espionage was written by Jeremy Dyson and Andy Nimmin, uh, and creators uh, of Ghost Stories theater production. Uh, the book released on Thursday centers on Ludwig Weinschenk. <laughs> I'm just going to say that again because it was fun. Ludwig Weinschenk, a boy who escapes tyranny in Germany and becomes the most famous magician in the 1950s Britain under the stage name Lewis Warlock. His talent for deception attracts the attention of the British Secret Service and he is thrown into the world of espionage on a mission across Europe. I love this. I don't know if he's an actual, like, magic magician, or if he's just a stage magician. Either way, I'm in. Yeah, he does magic tricks. Slightly less interesting, but I'm still in. There are illusions, Michael. A trick is something a whore does for money. And candy! You done? Just because you've not watched the rest of the development and can't enjoy the reference, don't... Give me that I, I know the reference because you've made it at least three times before <laughs> on this show. This is such a good line. All right. Um, Warner Brothers has acquired the rights to Jessica Santutano's latest novel, Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers. Uh, Oprah Winfrey's Harpo Films will develop the book for television with Mindy Kaling's production company, Kaling International. Uh, the novel follows Vera Wong, a lonely widow living in San Francisco's Chinatown, who wakes up one morning to find a dead body on the floor of her struggling tea shop. No one is more curious than a suspicious Chinese mother with time on her hands. So Vera decides to start her own investigation. Okay. That sounds pretty generic. <laughs> okay. By the end, it was like it, like, it started off being like, oh, it's this unique set, and by the end, it's like, uh, okay, it's a murder mystery. All right, all right. Uh, let's take us on to our last story of the week. Uh, we have uh, a series of best-selling novels, or no, actually, we got 
It's basically two best-selling novels that are being adapted. It's a uh, Jennifer it's a small series. Uh, a Visit from the Goon Squad and its sequel, The Candy House, uh, are being developed by A24, who won the rights to the books. Uh, Olivia Wilde is attached to direct the series uh, and will also executive produce. Uh, a Visit from the Goon Squad won the 2011 Pulitzer Prize and there's a set of 13 interrelated stories with a large set of characters all connected to Benny Salazar, a record company executive, and his assistant, Sasha. Uh, and then the best-selling 2022 follow-up novel, The Candy House, revisits some of the same characters and their progeny. So it's, it's 13 sort of shorter stories that are all interconnected that make up the... So it's Octopath Traveler and Octopath Traveler 2. Well, yeah, but what's the word that means 13? I bet you don't know it. Aye. Because you're, you're shit. You're shit at this. Do you know it? No, but you brought it up. You're the one who said Octopath, and it's not eight. Well, uh, well hey, it's close. <laughs> uh, um, okay. And I wonder if Olivia Wilde will uh, be unprofessional and uh, steal the star of this TV show away and fondle yeah. them instead of shooting yeah. more scenes. And I assume for the for the show that, that each episode is following a different character and then you do something to tie Maybe. them together. I can see them condensing a bit from 13, though. I don't know if we'll get 13 episodes, because that's... I mean, it can, but I feel like most are less than that now. Yeah, but maybe that's your, your whole shtick, right? Yeah. Is, I don't know. It depends how much how much content each one of those characters has, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh. So... Yeah, I don't really have much to add on it, to be honest. Uh, th- there you go. That's uh, the the TV news for the week. So, uh, happy days. Uh, what are you most excited for? Let us know in the comments. Uh, but that'll, that'll about do it um, for another week. John, we didn't have, though. What? News on the writer's strike. We didn't. Well, there was some updates about how they're like campaigning. Like, the writers are talking in social media and stuff, like asking for support, but... Uh, yeah, I assume we'll have an update soon. Yeah, I'd, I'd have thought by next week. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, let's do we thought of the news this week in the comments. Uh, like, subscribe. If you want to support the content, you can do that over at patreon.com slash TV. Or if you want to do a one-time thing, you can hit the super thanks button on YouTube. But any and all support is very much appreciated. Uh, but that is the show. That is TV news for the week. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla?